With a new nine-player draft class coming in for 2022, do the Seahawks have a player on their roster that could push for Rookie of the Year honors? Rob Rang and I are going to discuss and debate on the latest installment of Locked On Seahawks. You are Locked On Seahawks, your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, 12. This is Corbin Smith, your host for Locked On Seahawks. Joining me for our latest Monday episode, my co-host in crime, Rob Rang. As always, thanks for making Locked On Seahawks your first listen five days a week. We're now in the heat of the offseason. The drafts in the rearview mirror, free agency basically slowed to nothing. We did see there were a few signings this past weekend, Melvin Ingram in particular landing with a new team. But for the most part, it's just teams out doing OTAs and rookie mini camps right now. Not a ton going on, but there's plenty to break down with Seattle's incoming 22 draft class, as well as their return to the field coming up in the near future. Rob and I are going to be discussing the potential for one of Seattle's incoming rookies to win Rookie of the Year next season. And we'll be continuing our Inside the Seahawks draft with fifth round pick Tyreek Smith out of Ohio State. This episode is brought your way by Bet Online. Bet online as you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online where the game starts. Now for your lead story here on Locked On Seahawks. Under John Schneider and Pete Carroll, the Seahawks have a pretty good history of finding undrafted gems, whether it's Doug Baldwin, Jermaine Curse, most recently players like Puna Ford, last year John Radigan, and Jake Curhan. They have found consistent contributors in the undrafted ranks, and they tend to find some pretty talented players that way. But heading into this next season, Seattle doesn't have the luxury for its undrafted players it did a year ago, where there were only three draft picks coming in. They've got nine draft choices as part of this new draft class that are going to be competing for roster spots. And all of them are at positions where they have a chance to be on the 53-man roster. Rob, let's talk about the possibilities of an undrafted free agent making this football team this year. Because I remember when we had this discussion a year ago, players like John Radigan Jake Curhan were expected to push potentially for a roster spot because they only had those three draft picks. It really opened the door for these undrafted guys to make a name for themselves during training camp and preseason. But with nine draft picks, it's going to be a lot tougher, even though there are some really intriguing undrafted rookies on this football team. Yeah, Corbin, I think that's a really excellent point, um, just because the fact that there's only, obviously, so many bodies that are going to be able to make the roster. Um, how how often are you going to be willing to, you know, to go with, with so many young players? And that's the thing. I think a lot of NFL teams, that that would absolutely come into play. But I think that the Seahawks ha have shown throughout the Pete Carroll and John Schneider era that they are more willing to gamble um, on, on youth than a lot of other clubs are, are willing to do. Um, I, I do think that you make an excellent point about the fact that this draft class is literally three times the size of, of last year's draft class. And that the only true undrafted free agent that made the initial roster, of course, was Jake Curran. And then Radigan, of course, made it um, as well. But 
to for Seattle to be able to duplicate that type of success and have say two undrafted free agents make this roster would be quite the accomplishment again just because the the draft class is so big that said there are two guys who when I was there at the mini camp on on Saturday this past weekend Corbin uh, there were two players who I just thought that's a draftable guy that that's an NFL roster kind of a guy that I just thought absolutely just popped. And, um, you know, frankly, I I'm stunned still that, that Bubba Bolden, the safety from Miami, as well as Vi Jones, the, the linebacker previously at USC and wound up at, at Tennessee as well. Uh, you know, just, absolutely dynamic athletes. And when I see these two players, I thought, my goodness, that is legitimately NFL caliber players there. So at least at this point, those are the two guys, uh, even though I think that they are going into positional groups that are going to be incredibly competitive. I do think that Jones and Bolden are legitimate NFL prospects. And I would not be surprised at all if Seattle's incredible string of finding undrafted free agents that make their opening day roster if that's not in very strong hands yet again in 2022. Yeah, you mentioned those two names on defense. Those were the same ones that stood out to me in rookie minicamp. And again, for our listeners, it's difficult to really assess football players at rookie minicamp, but you can see the athleticism, and those two really stood out. And Bubba Bolden, you look at him, 6'2", 209 pounds. He looked bigger than that to me on the field. He looks like he's more like 215, 218 pound range. This is a big guy and he moves really well. He was a second team all ACC player in 2020. Last year had some injuries, did not play as well when he was healthy, but he's got the tools to be a quality, at least rotational guy in the NFL. I think he's got good special teams value for this team. And there are a lot of question marks at that safety spot in terms of depth because of injuries. Quandra Dick and Jamal Adams are expected to be ready well before the start of training camp. So they should have those two guys back. But Marquise Blair just has not been able to stay healthy. And so that's certainly an issue. And Ugo Amadi hasn't really played much safety in the NFL. Josh Jones, they re-signed, played a few games, did okay last year. But he's bounced around. I mean, there is a spot there if an undrafted guy can – come in and play well in training camp in the preseason that's three plus years of affordable rookie contracts that you can just put onto your roster for guys like Ryan Neal even that have played well he's going to be a free agent next year so is Marquise Blair if all things are equal or even in the case the undrafted guy maybe just a little weaker on defense but can play on special teams and you've got that rookie contract that you can work with that is a big deal when you're trying to figure out your 53-man roster. And I think the same thing stands for Vi Jones at linebacker because there's some wild cards at that position. Ben Burkirvin's coming back from an ACL tear. He's probably going to be ready to go for the start of training camp based on what Pete Carroll said. I would not say the same for John Radigan because his ACL injury happened last December. And Burkirvin's happened in August. So there's a huge gap there in the recovery. And there's already the loss of Bobby Wagner. I just look at that position, a guy that can run the low four fives and has 33 inch arms blocked six kicks in college. There's going to be some value for Vi Jones. And this is a guy that Pete Carroll was gushing about after the rookie mini camp. You know, obviously Pete's going to talk up all of his players, but that one struck me a little bit differently. The, the way that his body language was when I asked about Vi Jones, this is clearly a guy he was very excited to be able to get without having to draft him in the undrafted ranks. And that is a position that could be wide open for an undrafted free agent to maybe make a push for the roster. I'm going to throw one more name out there. 
I know Phil Haynes is coming back. You've got Damian Lewis and Gabe Jackson, but I'm really curious about Shamarius Gilmore. I've been throwing this name out multiple times since they signed him just because the experience, more than 4,000 college snaps, he gave up eight sacks on almost 2,000 pass protection reps, really athletic. And I'm kind of curious. I don't know if Seattle will do this, but you don't have much depth at center behind Austin Blythe, and Kyle Fuller has really struggled. Could Shamarius Gilmore potentially be a guy that Seattle could be like, you know what? Let's see if this guy can make the roster as a center. He's been versatile in the past. He played some tackle at Georgia State and held up fine. That is another player that I think you look at a position, could be one of them that really battles for one of the last spots in the offensive line. No, I, I 100% agree with you. Um, I was impressed by what he was was able to show. Uh, going back to Jones, to me, was was the most dynamic of the bunch. You talked about just the way that Bubba Bolden looked uh, in person. I just love his physicality. Um, I think that he would be the perfect kind of developmental safety as well as special teamer. Um, and, and so, to me, he is the the guy that I expected to, to, to look the part, and, and he did so. Um, you, you mentioned the fact that he has struggled a little bit with durability, but to me, Jones was the athlete that really popped off uh, off of the field. Um, and, and you referenced the, the way that Pete Carroll responded when I believe it was you who asked the question. Yeah. And, and Pete Carroll looked like he was about ready to jump out of his cleats. I mean, he was just so excited to kind of just gush about this guy uh, Jones's athletic ability. And I, I have to agree. I mean, when I just see the way that he moves uh, sideline to sideline, we, we use the term sometimes, Corbin called ankle flexion and it's just the you know the ability to kind of adjust and mirror um and, and to be able to change directions and, and explode uh just in terms of his speed i mean some guys don't play as fast on the field as they time and i i question some of the instincts and awareness of jones but in terms of just pure athletic ability i mean my goodness this guy looked like a top 100 kind of prospect frankly i, I think that there's a lot of scouts out there who did not do their job the fact that, that Jones was not invited to the combine. This guy was absolutely an, an elite athlete who should have been invited to the combine for him not to be invited to the combine initially. And then, of course, wind up not getting drafted at all. I think that he is going to wind up, whether it be in Seattle or somewhere else, Jones is going to make an NFL roster. I have no doubt about his athletic potential. Yeah, he looked to me like a lighter, more athletic K.J. Wright, and it wasn't just the number 50 jersey. It's the long arms, the range. And so, again, I'm not saying he's the next K.J. Wright. He's a different skill set, but you can see those long arms. You see some similarities with the way that he moves on the field. And so I'm excited to see what he can do when we get to OTAs and into training camp where he fits into that linebacker room. We're going to continue talking the rookie class here in our next segment. The Seahawks, it's been a long time since they've had a player push for the rookie of the year. They've got an opportunity potentially this year with a nine-player draft class and a number of them that could play meaningful snaps right away. One of those players might be able to push for rookie of the year. We're going to debate whether it's a realistic possibility in the 2022 season. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting and waging informational needs. From live betting to the playoffs, esports, and more, head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. You're listening to the Locked On Seahawks podcast Monday edition. I'm your host, Corbin Smith. 
Joining me as always, Rob Rang. Thanks for making Locked On Seahawks your first listen five days a week. The Seahawks have a nine-player draft class coming in in 2022. They had four selections in the top 72. And when you have that kind of draft capital in the first three rounds, it provides a real opportunity for you to add blue-chip talent, guys that can start on day one, and that sets up the opportunity as Seattle goes into a new era that maybe one of these rookies could stand out as a rookie of the year candidate. It's been a while since the Seahawks have had a player that's been talked up in such a, has been talked up for such an award. But I think I have a player and I think you have a player that we maybe disagree on which one would be the favorite, but there are a couple possibilities for one of these incoming draft picks to threaten for rookie of the year this next season. Yeah, no question about it. Um, you know, to me, the, the guy that I want to highlight actually um, is Boye Mafe, uh, the edge rusher. And I don't think that he necessarily is going to come into the NFL, Corbin, and, and be Seattle's day one starter at that outside linebacker position uh, opposite Daryl Taylor. I, I really think that the, the free agent addition, Uchenna Nuosu from the Chargers, is very likely to play that role. But I just see a guy with Mafe who I, I think has such incredible uh, closing speed, has has great lateral agility. I was very, very impressed by uh, the the just the, the the quickness and coordination of his hands. Uh, as we mentioned there in the in the first segment a couple of moments ago, um, going to the Seahawks rookie minicamp and, and just seeing the way that Mafe um, and, and many other of, of these uh, defen- defensive players, especially, is what I kind of focused in on a little bit um, on that day of practice. Just how how ready that they looked. And I was not necessarily expecting to see that with Boye Mafe, who, as I've mentioned previously, one of my biggest concerns about him is that he only had 13 career starts at Minnesota. You can see the upside with him, um, certainly in, in watching him at the Senior Bowl, where he was spectacular. He was a defensive player of the game. Uh, you, know, you, you see that type of upside, and that's what, to me, is so intriguing, is that he is not going to be expected to come in Seattle and be the alpha dog pass rusher. And because of that fact, then he should be seeing a more than his share of single team blocks and considering the quarterbacks that are in this division considering the fact that seattle you know everybody is kind of looking at seattle is like hey what are you going to be able to do now you don't have russell wilson now you don't have bobby wagner if somebody is able to put up some eye-popping sack numbers for this team they are going to be anointed fairly or not they are going to be anointed the next big superstar on defense for the seahawks and again with the variety of different passers that the Seattle already has. I do expect Jamal Adams, for example, to get back much more into that mix. I really think that Mafia is going to be a guy who might be able to get you eight or nine sacks as a rookie. And that is the kind of numbers that can wind up getting a guy defensive rookie of the year honors. Yeah, you mentioned eight or nine sacks. And while you were explaining your answer, it actually made me think about when Bruce Irvin came into the league. Now, I know Bruce Irvin was a first round pick, picked 15th overall back in 2012. But he was not a regular starter as a rookie. He had Chris Clemens, and they had Michael Bennett. Uh, Michael Bennett actually came in the next year, but they had Chris Clemens and a couple of other guys that were in front of him on the depth chart. So he wasn't necessarily playing extensive snaps right away, but he was getting after the quarterback, and he had eight sacks as a rookie. He had a very productive season as a rotational pass rusher, and then he became an outside linebacker, kind of that hybrid Sam in his second season, and that's what he played for the next three years. 
for this football team. But I could see Boye Mafe having the same type of impact where athleticism, the hand technique take over. And this is a guy that can get a lot of sacks in a hurry. And we know sacks, that's one of the stats that really lends itself to getting rookie of the year honors. Now, obviously, there's going to be a lot of competition with the top pass rushers that were drafted in the top 10 picks and just first round in general. There's a lot of competition with top defensive players. You've got Sauce Gardner with the Jets too, who I think is going to be a stud immediately in that secondary for Robert Sala. So there's a lot of competition, which is why I'm going to say the other second round pick for the Seahawks, KW3, as I like to call him, Ken Walker the third. I think he is the player in this draft class that has the best chance to threaten for rookie of the year this year. Because you look at the top 10, your top 10 selections, you had a couple of receivers that were picked in there, but most of the offensive players that were picked early, including the Seahawks, it was tackles, offensive linemen. And as valuable as tackles are, they don't win offensive rookie of the year. It's never happened. So I think that's ridiculous because I think they're incredibly important. There's been times they deserve it, but skill guys are going to win that award. And even with Rashad Penny coming back, his durability concerns and just how dynamic Ken Walker is. And at the rookie minicamp, I know it's just taking handoffs against air, but you could see the burst in person. And Pete Carroll kept talking about it unprompted. This kid is going to get his opportunities right away, at least as a complimentary back to Rashad Penny. I'm just not anticipating Chris Carson is going to be back. So he is going to be your second back. And in Seattle, especially this year, without Russell Wilson, they're going to get back to running the football. And this is a kid that showed off some hands during minicamp too. Not a lot of chances at Michigan State, but I, I just think whether it's catching the ball in the backfield or being a featured back along with Rashad Penny, he's going to get a lot of opportunities to touch the football and this could be a guy, if he blows up early in the season, could end up becoming your number one guy and your workhorse for the next several years. That's the kind of player that could push. I just don't think there's a lot of competition on the offensive side of the football for this award. There's some pretty good receivers in that first round. There's some guys in the mid-rounds that could push for it too that waited in the right spot. But running back is a position that's won a lot of Rookie of the Year awards because it's a featured skill spot. You get your touchdowns, you get your rushing yards, the catches out of the backfield – to me, Ken Walker the third is a player to keep a very close eye on. Yeah, I think that he has to be the favorite uh, of Seattle's rookies um, to be able to actually take home the hardware um, because of the fact that that running back position is such a a position that kind of lends itself to immediate impact, yeah. uh, you know, impact kind of production. Um, and as you said, I mean, obviously with everything that Rashad Penny did this past season, he's the presumptive starter, but at the same time, the durability issues with, uh, with Walker having very similar breakaway type of ability, then, you know, I, I think that that, that set lets him have a, a, a very good opportunity to be able to kind of steal that position um, as far as being Seattle's primary back. And whoever is the primary back for the Seahawks is set up to, to you know, have a monstrous season uh, just because of the fact that Seattle is going to be running the ball at presumably as much as, as we expect. Um, the other thing I would say here is that, you know, kind of to your point about the, the so-called lack of competition for offensive rookie of the year, you know, over the last 10 years, Corbin, we've seen four running backs be the offensive rookie of the year, four quarterbacks and, and only two wide receivers, one of them being Jamar Chase 
case just this this past year for the Bengals, of course. And so, it, you know, with with the quarterback class being as weak as it is, with the only presumptive starter, I'm using the word presumptuous a lot um, in, in this uh, little segment here, but the only starter of their quarterbacks that I expect to to you know get the the starting nod right out of the gate is likely to be Kenny Pickett uh, at Pittsburgh, and I just don't think that he is going to be in position to to generate enough buzz about him that that's going to give him the rookie of the year. I, I still think that it could be one of the wide receivers. You know, Chris Olave with the New Orleans Saints, to me, is one of the guys that makes a lot of sense. Drake London with the Atlanta Falcons makes an awful lot of sense. I'm going to be writing an article on this very topic for Fox Sports coming up. But Kenneth Walker, uh, you know, just his agility, his straight line speed, and the opportunities that I expect him to get in Seattle, I think make him absolutely one of the five favorites to take home the hardware as rookie of the year this season. And if you're wanting a deep, deep sleeper for this award, I'm going to keep hammered at home. I love me some Kobe Red Mamba Bryant, and I think there's a very good chance he can start on day one. And because he's played a lot of football at the college level, those are guys that tend to win this award. Guys that can come in and they're pro-ready, really high floor. That's the kind of player that Kobe Bryant is. I'm not sitting here predicting that he's going to win it, but with his ball skills, I mean, if he goes out and starts for you and gets four or five picks and gets a bunch of pass breakups, again, those are the sexy stats that win these type of awards. So I don't, again, I'm not predicting it, but that is my deep, deep sleeper. If I had to pick a guy from this group, though, it would be KW3 out of the backfield. I think he's got the best chance. And Mafe, of course, has such a high ceiling if he gets the snaps and he delivers. Pass rushers win a lot of awards because that's such a key part of the game. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. But this is a really exciting draft class. And got a couple players that really have a chance to really stand out immediately as rookies for the Seahawks. Continuing our Inside the Seahawks draft series, we had to take a little bit of a break here. But we are going to our second fifth-round selection, Ohio State pass rusher Tyreek Smith. We're going to be breaking down his strengths and weaknesses here in a moment. Imagine dipping your finger into that plastic tub of birthday cake frosting and then opening your eyes and realizing it was only 150 calories and 16 grams of protein. That is what it's like to eat a birthday cake puff from Built Bar. I just received my birthday cake puffs this past week and the box is already gone. I have never had anything like this before. They're available right now and we can't promise they will be there tomorrow. So go get them today at Built.com. If you haven't tried puffs, I'm going to let you in on a secret. It's absolutely delicious. Chocolate-covered marshmallow. It's basically a marshmallow on steroids and covered in 100% real chocolate. 150 calories, 16 grams of protein, and only 9 grams of sugar. This limited-time flavor is an amazing option if you are looking for a healthy way to get flavor and variety in your day. Go to Built.com to get birthday cake puffs now. Again, that's Built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. That's Built.com with the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order. You're listening to the Locked On Seahawks podcast, Monday edition. This is your host, Corbin Smith. Joining me as always, Rob Rang. Thanks for making Locked On Seahawks your first listen five days a week. We greatly appreciate it. Time to continue breaking down this Seahawks draft class. We've gotten through Seattle's first six selections, and now we're due the 158th pick in the fifth round, the only trade down that John Schneider made this entire draft, which was stunning. I mean, I think we went into this, both of us did, thinking John Schneider is going to be trading left and right, and that's not how it played out. 
In fact, once we get to this point, it didn't seem like he was going to make any trades, but they did trade down one time, and they're at 158. They double up at pass rush with Tyreek Smith out of Ohio State. Now, he's a significantly different player than Boye Mafe, at least from a physical and athletic standpoint, ran in the four eights at the combine. So this is not the same athlete, though I think one thing that jumps out when he watches tape He's one of those players that plays at a different speed with pads on than what he does in the 40-yard dash. I see a guy that has some unexpected bursts off the edge, and he was more disruptive than his numbers would show. Just seven sacks in his four years at Ohio State, but he had a 20-plus percent pressure rate each of the past two seasons, and that's the stat that I look at first when I'm trying to evaluate pass rushers. Is the guy disruptive? Does he generate consistent pressure? And With this guy's motor always running hot, he did find ways to do it, just didn't finish enough, which was frustrating. And he had some guys in front of him that limited his snaps early in his career, you know, Chase Young and players like that that have come into the NFL as top 10 picks. But you can see the talent there just hasn't necessarily been able to finish those plays. And there's been some durability concerns that have limited him as well. Yeah, there there have been some durability issues, uh, you know, all throughout his his entire college career. In fact, he did not finish a uh, a single one of his three seasons as a starter, um, where he you know started every game. He had durability issues every season. That's the negative that I see with with Tyreek Smith. But the the positive is the 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 underrated explosiveness that you kind of mentioned a moment ago, Corbin. I mean, you just see so many times where he actually was the guy basically making the uh, making the initial pressure that forced quarterbacks or running backs up a little bit further into the pocket, where you know somebody else from that incredibly gifted Ohio State Buckeyes team was able to kind of get credit for the play. I think that it was appropriate that you know a segment ago we we referenced Bruce Irvin. Um, I remember a conversation I had with the Seahawks shortly after uh, Bruce Irvin's rookie season, in which he had those eight sacks, as you mentioned. Um, and I remember the Seahawks talking about how many more times he got the the opposing quarterback to just have to move his feet, reset his spot, and that allowed Seattle's defense behind him to be able to make more plays on the ball. And that's one of the things that I thought the Tyreek. Smith did a much better job than those seven or eight career sacks w- would suggest. Um, you know, when you have as, di- as as gifted of a team as the Ohio State Buckeyes, th- there's only one football, and once that player w- carrying that ball gets stopped, then then you're kind of stuck. So there was just so many plays on Smith's tape that I thought were almost tackles, almost sacks, things of that nature, and. Again, when you have a a pass rush like Seattle's expected to have this upcoming season that is as varied as it is, there is not just one guy who's going to be a 10-plus sack kind of a guy. I think that you can expect there to be just waves of pass rushes coming from all kinds of different angles. Again, the safety Adams is going to be a big part of it, but also with the two outside linebackers, I expect Daryl Taylor, Nuosu, and perhaps Boye Mafe to also be able to generate significant numbers here. And then you see a guy like Tyreek Smith, who the majority of his experience at Ohio State was up at the line of scrimmage, and then he is going to be expected to play a lot more off-ball rush linebacker for the Seahawks, then he's got kind of a combination of polish, but also kind of untapped potential there that I think is going to be really intriguing for the Seahawks. So I'm excited about what Tyreek Smith brings to the Seahawks. I think that he is more polished than you might expect for a guy drafted as late and having the numbers that he has. Um, I think he's also a better athlete than his, uh, you know, than his 
fairly mediocre combine numbers would suggest. So to me, this is kind of the perfect day three selection, a guy that does have some, uh, you know, kind of boom potential to him. Yeah, I think there is a little bit of boomer bust here. And when you're talking fifth round picks, it's a little bit different than early picks because, as you mentioned, he hasn't really played this role. They did some at practice where they had him play in that hybrid linebacker drop back in coverage, but very rarely did that in college because they were running a 4-3 and he was playing that traditional defensive end. So that is going to be an adjustment period for him playing that outside linebacker spot where he's going to be asked to do that some. And to me, the biggest thing when I watch the film, as I mentioned, the disruption's clearly there. You can see the burst. He's a very good hand technician. He's got a nice swipe-rip combo that he deploys. And the other thing that I love that this kid had that I did not expect to see with his combine numbers, he didn't do it a lot, but when he used a spin move, he actually has a pretty nasty power spin that he will put tackles on spin cycle and he did it in the big 10 had some pretty nice rushes with that so I think there's some polish there as you mentioned with a pass rush his run defense is an area that really concerned me but I'm wondering if that is going to be helped by the fact that he's not playing as a defensive end with his hand in the dirt I think playing in a two-point stance outside I think he's going to have a better chance to be successful setting the edge than having to play at the point of attack against NFL tackles as a three-point defensive end. So I actually think this could help him. There were just too many times in his film where he was getting pushed around and knocked off the line of scrimmage. And he's a little bit over 250 pounds. He's not small necessarily, but Boye Mafe is a little bit bigger than what he is. And a couple of the other guys they've got playing end are bigger. So that was an issue for him at the college level as well. So there's certainly some areas that he's going to have to grow to be able to play consistent snaps. But you also see a lot of positives on the film from a guy that really didn't play a ton of snaps at Ohio State. I think there's still a lot of upside if you can develop this kid. Really good flyer in the fifth round. Exactly. And again, it's just the same athletic ability that we kind of talked to pre, uh, talked about previously that I think that Seattle is just making this a little bit more of a priority. Guys who are quick on their feet, guys who have the agility to be able to change directions. Again, just kind of going back to the quarterbacks that we are seeing not only in the NFC West, but really across all of the NFL. Obviously, when you have a quarterback like Kyler Murray, Arizona, you've got to be able to, uh, you know, to be able to chase a player like that down. It's just much more difficult than your traditional pocket passer. Um, of course, San Francisco with uh, the, the selection of Trey Lance, they are expecting him to take over likely very, very soon. So again, you got to be able to stop guys like that. That's just the way that the NFL is going now. And I think with Tyreek Smith at that point in the draft, that made an awful lot of sense. Yeah. And I think maybe my favorite quality, because you just mentioned the athleticism of these quarterbacks, their ability to extend plays. When I went back and watched several of Tyreek Smith's games for the last couple of years, I mentioned the hot motor. You see that because a number of the pressures and the sacks that he had came on effort plays. This is a guy that gets after it to the whistle, and I saw it against the run too. He was not great at point of attack, but chasing down plays from the backside, he was as good as any defensive end or outside linebacker in the entire Big Ten at doing that. This guy has the ability to chase down guys, and he's always playing 110%. And so that's the kind of guy you need in rotations to be able to try to contain guys like Kyler Murray and Trey Lance, who you know can throw the ball but also have the ability to extend the pocket and make plays with their legs. So I look at his fit right now, Rob. Obviously, he's not going to be threatening for a starting job right now. 
And I think with Alton Robinson still being there, it's going to be tough for him to get a lot of snaps. But I, I think that this is a kid that has a very good chance to make the team because I think you've got your top four or five outside linebackers in this three, four. And then there's a big drop off after that. I look at him as a guy that has the upside to play some snaps this year in a rotational role for the Seahawks. And really after him, there's a very large drop off. A lot of guys that I don't see playing on Sundays. And there's a reason they invested this pick in him. So I think he's going to have an opportunity to carve out a role in this rotation. Maybe not a lot of snaps. I think he can also give him some value playing some special teams because of the way he plays his effort. I think that he could certainly fit in that way as well. So this is a fifth round pick that I think has a very good chance to stick around come training camp and preseason. I agree with you 100%. And again, the special teams component of this um, as well, as we've talked about, I mean, not the most productive player at Ohio State, but you, you mentioned some of the things that you like most about Smith being his motor. I would argue that his long arms, uh, active hands, good hand strength. Um, there was an awful lot of tackles on tape where he is able to kind of grab somebody who's outside of his frame. And just because he does have those long arms, almost 34 inch arms, yep. and he just does a nice job of kind of wrestling guys down to the turf. Sure, you wish he was a little bit more of a of a technically sound open field tackler. This guy will it's not always pretty with, with how he gets guys to the ground, but he is able to kind of just almost like a spider running down a web. It is it is able to just kind of, you know, grab hold, latch on and then just bring him down to the turf. And that can lead to forced fumble opportunities uh, as well. Um he had four over his college career and again that's in limited playing time so it's that type of tenacity and length and and underrated speed that i think is one of the is a lot of the reason why that we think that tyreek smith might be able to kind of surprise people as a fifth round pick as always thanks for making locked on seahawks your first listen five days a week you can check us out on Twitter at Corbin Smith NFL, as well as at Rob Rang. We're available locked on Seahawks on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and streaming five days a week on YouTube. And make sure to check out the Locked On NFL podcast as well. The schedule may be dark this time of year, but the NFL truly never stops, and neither does Locked On NFL. Get your insights and opinions from hosts including Ross Jackson, Chris Carter, and Tony Wiggins, plus local Locked On NFL hosts repping all 32 squads. There's no off-season for real fans, so make sure you subscribe to Locked On NFL on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Coming up on our Tuesday episode, Rob and I are going to be speaking with a special guest about one of Seattle's draft choices, and we'll be continuing our Inside the Seahawks draft, taking a look at Bo Melton, the receiver out of Rutgers. Enjoy the rest of your Monday. Thanks for listening. Go Hawks.